So hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast. It's a show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Mark. Today I'm excited to welcome Chris Barber. Chris is a renowned chef who's been developing new recipes for Marks and Spencers. How are you and what three things make you smile? I'm really good, first of all. Thanks for having me on here. Um, three things that make me smile. Doing my job, just cooking food, I get such a love and a smile on my face from it, whether it's cooking for friends or doing it for work. Um, getting back up into the northeast of England really makes me smile. I live in London and as much as I love it, just getting on the train and heading home puts a smile on my face and keeping fit, you know, it's always been a big passion of mine. And having used to run competitively, it's remained a big part of my life. And yeah, just that feeling after exercise definitely puts a grin on my face. So tell me about that then, running competitively. So I grew up in Northumberland. Maybe there just wasn't much to do, but I got into running uh, with a group of my friends on the athletics track, more as a hobby. And then it turned into, you know, I wasn't a professional athlete, but we were sort of a good county level and probably for five or six years really dedicated my sort of late teens to it, uh, training maybe six days a week. And yeah, just became really close with the group of guys that I was training with. And it's something that I think taught me a lot of discipline that I've been able to carry over into other areas of my life. And I'm not running to that level or I'm not as fit as I used to be, should I say, but I certainly keep the discipline when it comes down to uh, training. Yeah, and it must be really beautiful in Northumberland as well, running there. Oh, I mean, it's stunning. At the time, it, it doesn't feel like it because it hurts so much. But uh, yeah, now I'm running around the streets of London. I think back to on a Sunday, we used to do a 13-mile long run on Hadrian's Wall. Just You wouldn't see another person. It would just be sheep and everything. But uh, open to the elements in the winter, that's the only thing. <laughs> and I hope that you're running faster than the sheep. <laughs> um, well, they, they, they do have a go, you know, they're, they're not bad, them sheep. But yeah, I was faster. <laughs> so obviously, we know each other through my clinic, and I can see your teeth looking pretty amazing now on the camera. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the screen at myself here, going, wow, they're looking good. They look pretty incredible. <laughs> and um, obviously, we know quite a few mutual people in, in common. Um, so tell us about how you became a chef and why you became yeah, a so chef. Yeah, so for me, food was always a passion. You know, I've always loved it. I didn't grow up in a really foodie household. It wasn't like I grew up with spices from our travels. You know, I was eating lasagna, spaghetti bolognese, roast dinners, um, you know, like most people, I guess, in the country were. But then for me, I just took this massive inspiration watching my heroes, like maybe Rick Stein, Gordon Ramsay, Ainsley Harriet, and everyone on TV growing up and thinking, God, this food's exciting me. And I didn't have access to those ingredients and certainly not restaurants in Northumberland. And it was a case of having to do it for myself. So, you know, I'd be in the kitchen from eight, nine years old, just experimenting with food, loved the process of making it. And I think the loving the process really came from my granddad because we'd go to his house on a weekend and he'd have food, but he'd have the music on. He'd be in the kitchen. He'd be really enjoying himself. He'd be singing and smiling and not only did he enjoy eating it, but I could see he enjoyed making it. And I think that came through to me. And then it just always remained a passion. You know, we'd always cook for the family. And then it was one of them things where I always thought, I don't necessarily want to work in a restaurant, but I do want to work more media led and following some of my heroes' footsteps on TV, just showing people how to cook. I got such a, a joy out of, you know, just cooking for friends and them not 
being able to comprehend how I could cook, but I couldn't quite understand that. And then one thing led to another. I started social media. And then a researcher from BBC contacted me about a television show called Yes Chef back in 2016. And I was a contestant on a daytime cooking show. And then a chef that I think you know, Atul Kutcher, he was a judge on the show. And he sort of said, you know, after I won it, you can actually cook. If you want a real job, come down to London. And then it was a no-brainer for me. You know, I was working in jobs that didn't really satisfy me. And food was always this passion, but I never thought I would have the outlet growing up where I did. So two weeks later, I moved to London, started working in Mayfair, and that's how it really got started professionally. And then you were cooking Indian food, right? Was that the first time you'd ever cooked Indian food? or No, like, funnily enough, growing up, not good for the teeth because of the spices, <laughs> I think, but Indian food, for some reason, was always like this, my... My comfort zone with food, I don't know why or how, but I, I love the flavors for one. I think it's just reminiscent of getting Indian takeaways with my family when I was growing up. But I'd experiment a lot with spices. And I remember working in the restaurant and people from India saying, I don't understand how you know how to balance this food and stuff. And it, I don't know, it just felt like second nature to me. And on the application form for the TV show, it said, who's your favorite chef? And I'd written Atul Kutcher at the top of the uh, list. So it was kind of like fate in that way. Yeah, it either came naturally or it was a past life. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know, one or the other. But yeah, cooking Indian food, I mean, it was like my dream thing to do. Um, you know, just immersing myself with these ingredients. The amount I learned working there was just phenomenal. I think it's the richness of the spices and the culture. And obviously, they've kind of been perfected over years, you know. And so it's Exactly. It's amazing. So um, how did the collaboration with M&S Marks and Spencers come about? Yeah, so I mean, Marks and Spencers, fantastic brand. You know, it's something that I don't know anyone that isn't a fan. And it's something I certainly grew up with. And it was a massive treat for us. I remember my nanny used to take me to the Metro Centre in Gateshead and we'd go and have our dinner in the restaurant, I think it was called at the time. And I'd always cooked using M&S ingredients. And I actually went to a precedent for Marks and Spencers, ended up meeting a couple of the team and... You know, we just sort of carried on these conversations. There was going to be this idea about talking about fresh British seasonal ingredients rather than the more convenient side of M&S, which we all know and love. Um, but then my role came around and it just sort of happened very quickly in that I started shooting these TV adverts called Fresh Market Update, where I would have literally travelled from the top of Scotland uh, into Wales, down to Jersey, meeting the farmers that we have in Great Britain and just championing British seasonal ingredients that is for sale in M&S. And yeah, it all started in 2019. I think it's been three and a half years now, and I, I absolutely love it. And I've got to, you know, fulfill like a bit of a dream, you know, meeting farmers in this country, cooking for them on their land and sampling food with their families. You know, it's, it, it's been fantastic. So it's about using seasonal produce and also being healthy and nutritious at the same time. Yeah, that's right. And Marks and Spencer have also launched this uh, big campaign called Eat Well Now, which is all about their Eat Well products. You'll see a little flower on the packaging, but then also your fresh ingredients are Eat Well as well. So for me, you know, cooking from scratch is always going to be, in my opinion, the best way to eat healthier food because you're dictating what goes into it. So, you know, it's really nice to get a takeaway and a treat now and again because everything in moderation. But when it comes to cooking at home, if it's fresh seasonal produce, it's going to be more nutritious, I think. And you're in total control of how you cook it, how much oil, how much fat, and also what you put with it. So, yeah, I think cooking from scratch really is the key. 
Yeah, and I think it's been proved also, you know, people who kind of live from land and do cook things from fresh, yeah. you know, live a lot longer, healthier lives. For sure. And I think as well, the whole seasonal thing, one of the parts of people's how cooking is complicated. If you use produce that's in season, it will generally taste better. So you don't have to do as much to it. If you just get asparagus when it's banging season, at the time of recording this, asparagus is going to be here quite soon. Just a tiny bit of oil in a griddle pan, two, three minutes. It's rich, it's sweet, it's nutty. You don't need to mask it with sauces and spices. And I think that is one of the things I love most about seasonal produce. And also it costs less because there's an abundance of it. So that's when you go to the supermarket and sprouts are on offer at Christmas. It's simply because there's a glut of them. They need to be sold. So they taste better and they cost less. So that's always like a, a little thing to remember. Yeah, I find like strawberries, for instance, a really mm. good example. In season and out of season, it's two different fruits. It really is. Like I, I mean, I was spoiled. I was in Scotland, actually. When I first thought Scotland strawberries, is it going to be as good as down south? But actually, you get longer daylight hours in a slightly cooler climate. So they ripen slightly slower. It means you get higher sugar content. The amount of juice and sweetness in that's when it is bang in season, literally coming off the tree, as opposed to buying strawberries in December, they are worlds apart. So, you know, I think we should enjoy the seasons, enjoy strawberries in the summer, then look forward to it next year, rather than eating strawberries in December. Definitely. And better for the environment too. Exactly. So what is your favourite food or your favourite dish and why? And are you more of a savoury or sweet person? Oh, it's got to be savoury for me. always has been. However, in my more recent years, I've developed a bit more of a sweet tooth. But when it comes to savoury food, I mean, a lot of people probably say but just a really good roast dinner with the family, not one out. Because I think the thing with a roast is you know what you want on it. If you like cauliflower cheese and you've got a restaurant and they haven't got it, I think a home-cooked Sunday roast is up there. But touching on it, Indian cuisine is like a real favourite of mine. But it's so hard now because... In the world that I live in, you know, there's access to so many food and I'm incredibly lucky for that. But it depends what mood you're in. But I think ultimately it's got to be like a Sunday roast with the family because I think the people you're with dictate Makes it really what that is going to be. Yeah, Communal and everything. Yeah, and I think you're right. Everybody likes something different. You know, some people like Yushi pudding, Brussels sprouts. Some yeah. people do not like Brussels sprouts at all. So it divides people. But it's good when you can have everything just the way you want it. Exactly that. That's the thing about cooking at home, that you can have it exactly how you want it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about fitness and nutrition. Obviously, we touched on it a little bit, mm. but how do you kind of incorporate fitness into your life? Um, and you mentioned it's important to you. And how do you also manage to be a chef, but also manage to keep nutrition and healthy and, and, and in shape? Yeah, good question. I think in terms of how do I fit it into my life, it's about how do I make it as easy as possible to get my fitness in for the day. And that for me is the time that works best for me is to wake up. And the first thing I do is I leave the house and I go and exercise, whether it's for a run or to the gym. And I generally go to the gym that's closest to me because I feel like if I make a 30 minute journey to go to some fancy gym at the other end of town, it's like, does that actually fit in with my day? So it's trying to do it in the most convenient way possible um, and making it routine. It's a habit now, you know, I've trained for what, probably 17 years now con without really taking any serious break from it. So it's, it's 
making it a habit, not a thought that I have to do. I don't wake up and think, oh, I must go to the gym. It's like, it's an automatic process. Now, same as brushing my teeth, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> very good, very yeah, good. I like it, that. It actually is, though. <laughs> I wake up, I brush my teeth, and I go I go to the, uh, the gym. And then in terms of, like, you know, how do you manage being a chef and stuff like this? Obviously, I'm not cooking in a restaurant. I'm predominantly cooking at home, consulting for companies and brands. So when it comes down to what I eat personally, I'm in total control of that. And, you know, it's just about balance. I still go out and enjoy myself and I cook luxurious food, but it's just being mindful about how often you eat certain things. Because for me, I never want to cut anything out of my diet. Food's one of the greatest joys in life. And, um, yeah, I think it's just just be mindful about what you do eat, but still enjoying everything. Yeah, I think you're right. And you have to treat yourself, as you say, sometimes. Um, great. So um, how about being on television? Obviously, you've done some different television appearances and um, cooked on television. So how does that come about? And what uh, you, what's the interest in that for you? Yeah, you know, I've always loved the television television industry on the whole. I think it's fantastic. And for me, you know, people say, oh, why do you want to be on TV? It's simply because I get to show people how to cook stuff. Like that is my real passion. And you mentioned at the start, what puts a smile on your face? If I can stand there and inspire people at home to do a bit of cooking and get a message saying, oh, Chris, we made that thing that you might have done on TV or whatever. I get such a buzz from that. So it comes incredibly naturally to me because I really sort of enjoy it. Put me on the TV talking about, I don't know dentistry i'm gonna stumble because i don't i don't understand Um, me today (laughs) exactly so you know talking about what i'm most passionate about which is great but i've been lucky enough to do a lot on itv traveling around the country meeting farmers and to be honest that was like a pinch myself moment you know just that's the sort of thing i saw people doing when i was growing up on tv and to be stood like by a lock in scotland where the salmon had been fished cooking it now, I'm incredibly grateful to have had that opportunity. And more recently, I was on, say, Steph's Pack Lunch, cooking some food on there, like something for Valentine's Day, ideas. And, uh, yeah, I just really, really enjoy it. I think social media is one thing, but cooking on TV, I like, I'm a people person, right? I like to be around people in a team. And that process of someone's there filming it, making it look right, someone's making it sound nice, someone's making the light look good. And I just love that team effort. When you see the end result, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and I want to talk about your personal brand. So obviously, um, you know, it's about kind of cooking healthy foods and yeah. cooking local produce. So, and what else messages do you want to get across to people? Yeah, so for me, my big thing is, you know, making food accessible. I grew up in the northeast of England in a small place where we didn't have access to a lot of ingredients. Um, there's not so much, from my own personal experience, knowledge around food as people seem to down south. I might be a bit stereotypical there but you know I didn't have access to the sort of things growing up so for me it's about how do I make food as easy and accessible as possible and help build people's kitchen confidence has always been a huge thing because I think no matter where you are what your budget is or your ability you should have access to make something nice for your dinner and one thing I did in my cookbook called easy is I wrote everything in everyday language so I haven't used things like saute a carrot your julienne because if someone isn't really into food or maybe they want to, but they're reading words they don't understand, it's almost like this barrier. So for me, it's how do I remove barriers to cookery and just make it as easy and accessible for everyone to, to maybe at least just get into food. So yeah, that, that's my big, big passion. And tell us about any challenges that you might have faced in your career. 
Yeah, I think, you know, one of the big ones was taking a leap, moving from Northumberland, first of all, down to London, and then having worked in a restaurant to make a decision that, hey, I don't really want to work in the restaurant business at this stage. I want to pursue what I'm doing now, which is more, I guess, media-led, social media-led, author. I had to make a decision to leave a work environment and start off on my own in London, not knowing anyone, just sort of having an idea of where I want to get to, but not necessarily having a job and just the first couple of years and I've been quite open about it you know it can be lonely at times trying to find your way on your own but um yeah I think that is that was certainly one of the biggest things I've sort of faced as a challenge yeah well it sounds like an amazing journey so far and much more to come so tell us about your new project with Hexclad yeah, so Hexclad's like the most exciting cookware brand, I would say, in the world. The best quality, Gordon Ramsay's uh, a big part of the business, and I've become a sort of UK lead ambassador. And it's really exciting to work with such good technology and with the most amazing team. I've spent some time in LA. I've got South Beach Food and Wine in Miami, and I'm really just helping fly the flag for Hexclad in the UK, getting the product to the right chefs, getting them seen in the right places, using it, spreading the word. And it really is such a joy to work with um, something so cutting edge because there's been nothing like it as far as I know. It's a hybrid of an old-fashioned cast iron pan where you get this sort of lifelong warranty. Uh, You get the sear that you get on a stainless steel pan, but then it's lightweight and non-stick and goes in the dishwasher. So it's like a hybrid of all three things. And it really is unique. So to be part of it is, um, yeah, it's incredible. So does it basically dissipate the heat in a different way? Is it more... Um... So the heat distribution is phenomenal and you find that you don't need the heat quite as high. So even frying eggs or something, you can do it on a low heat, sear and steak. You don't need the pan quite as hot um, because that heat distribution is phenomenal. But you get the most golden sear. I made some lamb chops earlier and it is just... There's nothing like it. But when you're done with it, you can clean it up really easily. You can use metal utensils in it. It's It's... It's a joy to use. And, you know, it's like this thing where you've got it in your house, you want to look after it and take care and it'll last you a lifetime. So it's an incredibly exciting uh, thing to be part of. Amazing. Making me hungry now. (laughs) So I'm making myself hungry. I do it all the time. (laughs) So one final thing I wanted to ask is about what your plans are for the future. What do you Mm. see for yourself? Obviously, you've done amazing things already with the cookbook, the television and these exciting new projects with Pepfad. What other things would you see for yourself in future? Yeah, I think Hexcloud's going to be a massive part of my future. It's something I'm heavily sort of um, invested in personally. I think it's it's something I'm dedicating a lot of my time to. And, you know, another book will be on the horizon. Certainly want to do more in the television space. And, you know, there's a lot I want to achieve. But I think one thing, you know, we talked about the journey earlier, was actually just starting to enjoy that journey because I think a lot of, my peers or people I meet, you know, it's easy to bypass moments that happen and just try and live a bit more in the moment and uh, do more things to put a smile on my face as well. That's um, that's sort of on my list and getting that work-life balance right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you definitely got to be proud of all you've achieved so far and we'll be um, tuned in to see what comes next. Oh, well, thanks so much. And, uh, you know, thanks the uh the amazing smile that i get because i need looking it incredible <laughs> oh, 
looking incredible. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Chris. Um, all of Chris's details and links will be in the show notes. And thanks for listening, guys. If you like today's show, please rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks. For more about me, I'm on at Dr. Underscore Richard Double Underscore or visit my website, www.drrichardlondon.com. This was a Pod People production and the music is by Delhi Music and we will see you next time. Thank you.